We really mean rock. The music I like. Solid rock radio. Skillet. Lacey Stern. Backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio begins now. Hear the best in new music, artist interviews, stories from the road, and more. You are now backstage, and here's your host, Mothership. Hey, everybody. My special guest tonight is my friend Lacey Sturm, co-founder and former lead vocalist of the hard rock band Flyleaf. In February of 2016, she became the first solo female artist to top the Billboard Hard Rock Albums chart with her debut release of Life Screams. Let's get right into the call. Lacey Sturm, it's so good to see you. Good to see you too, Cindy. Tell me a little bit about your books. You have three books. I have all three of them, but maybe not everybody has them. So could you tell us a little bit about The Reason, The Mystery, and The Return? Well, um, when I left Flyleaf, I started uh, answering emails and was overwhelmed by the amount of emails to answer. And I loved all the questions and all the personal interaction in that way, just being able to see why people were impacted by our music. There were so many deeper questions that came, you know, about life and God and death and suicide and all kinds of things. And so I was trying to answer them because I just I love doing it. But I had a new baby and, you know, spending a lot of time uh, doing that was not reasonable with what I also needed to do with what was in front of me. So Josh suggested that I write a book and just take time to write a book. And then I would have something that addressed a lot of the questions that were coming in, the most common things about about God and death and life and why, why did I leave Flyleaf and just try to help people understand a little bit about that. You know, we can say a million things about God, make a million statements about him, but it's there's something about just telling your own story and what, what you've seen. And um, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Bible's so full of stories is because if you were in a relationship with somebody and you had to describe what does it look like to love them or be loved by them, what, what does your relationship look like? It would be a lot of stories. You know, it wouldn't be, well, he likes his coffee black and, you know, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> What are you going to say? So I just think that was a good idea that he had, my husband. And so I, I didn't believe I could write a book because I just was so in awe of the fact that people could write so many words and they all fit <laughs> together in the end, you know? Yeah. But um, but I realized now if you talk a lot, you can write a book. Right. <laughs> and so I, I, wrote, I wrote down way too many words and then we condensed it down to the reason, which it's the reason I'm still alive is really what it is. Mm-hmm. The mystery, you know, if there was three things I would want to leave the world with if I was to die tomorrow, I would explain why I, I lived past 16 mm-hmm. and then why I lived past, you know, through my 20s, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's the mystery. I was back in, a, in, a, in the first book. I talk about planning to commit suicide at 16 and having an encounter with God that saved my life as an atheist. I didn't even believe in God and I encountered him in the most real way. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when I first had that experience and started, you know, I had an experience with God, the creator, the father is what I'll call him. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an experience that I knew of, of the person of Jesus Christ. Although the man who prayed with me was a Christian, 
and he prayed in the name of Jesus. But I knew God was real. I knew he was my creator. I knew a lot of things about God in that moment. You just know when you when you see God, you know a lot of things. Um, and it, we'll all encounter God. I knew that too. We will all encounter God. It makes sense whenever you whenever you come to the end of your life, you're going to return to the person that gave you life. We will all encounter him at one point or another and how that experience goes. I don't know, but for me, it was terrifying um, because I didn't believe and I saw all my I just thought I thought that as a Christian later on, I studied the scriptures and I and I started realizing everything in the scriptures described so much of my experience with God about what I knew of him, that he's holy. And I didn't know what holy was before that. I didn't understand that. So then I came to understand that this was this was the God of the scriptures. And then when I went through and studied all the prophecies about the Messiah and read about his life, not only did I fall in love with the person of Jesus through the scriptures, and he was like, it, it was so different from everything I ever knew about what Jesus people were representing him. I've kind of gotten into the Chosen series. I mean, I've really gotten into the Chosen series. You know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way that they portray Jesus and that and explain the scriptures is what I read in the scriptures. I mean, it was like I I saw a guy who went after the ones that didn't care what anybody thought about them Mm -hmm. because they were so outcast anyway. People who didn't care if they lived or died because their life was such a mess anyway. You know, they come to the end of themselves. And that's the one I experienced. You know, he met me where I was at. So the first book was about that experience. And the second was how my relationship, my romantic life brought me to that same suicidal place, just not understanding love. Again, it's so strange. It was about romance because in the scriptures, God talks about romance. He always uses that as a metaphor of his relationship with us, which is so awkward and weird to even think about if you know understand that it is a shadow of your relationship with God. It's covenant, it's intimacy, it's but it's not physical. It's mm-hmm. a spiritual intimacy that's that's vulnerable and covenanted and all these things. You know, he's he calls us his bride. God made a bride for himself. And to not really understand, wait, God's not a controlling manipulative tyrant Mm -hmm. and he's not going to scream at you and demand that you do things his way he actually wants your heart he wants your he wants your yes from your heart and he can tell you this choice will lead to death this choice will lead to life and then he's like but also i love you just come to me Mm -hmm. you know i am life itself so yeah don't drink poison but also just come to the table and you don't have to worry about drinking poison yeah (laughs) just come hang out with me i'm gonna give you good things you know just come be with me. And I just didn't understand love at all and ended up in a very codependent situation where I thought I could save somebody like as a savior. And it was only one savior. And I learned what codependence was. And it is slavery. It's the difference between freedom and slavery. It's the difference between love and selfish, self-centered, self-focused, what's good for me. It's the opposite of how God wants us to learn love. And I, and I wrote about that in the mystery and how I met Josh, my husband. You know, I ended up back in the suicidal place. God rescued me out of that miraculously and taught me the free freedom from codependency mm-hmm. and um, deceived myself. I totally deceived myself. I broke my heart where it didn't even work emotionally, but I learned love even in that process, real love. And I met my husband and we're still sorting out what it means to love each other. I think we'll do that till we go to heaven. But You've got quite the man there. He's he is something else. Yes. He's, I don't know. I, I'm so glad I asked God to help me with that area of my life. Cause it's the perfect guy for you. 
Yeah, and he can work with anything and make us, if we're willing to respond, no matter what. But I just can't get over, like, yeah, how he teaches me about God's love more than anything. And it's not because he loves perfectly. It's because he is actually the thing I need to challenge my own false ideas about myself. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so, you know, I'm so passionate and I'm so da-da-da. And I've totally, you know, gone way past that mile marker. And then I'm like, what? Am I back here at this? Like, my dad. <laughs> it's a good, free, humiliating process. It's so freeing. Yeah. And it's so good. Like, the, the lower you go, the more free you are. Amen. To, to be honest and to be yourself and not have to play a part or play a role. You just get to recognize, oh, God's my all in all. I have the privilege and honor of loving this person. So many times in marriage, we forget that we covenanted to love this person till death to us part. We didn't covenant that they would love us. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. say, well, not a promise that you will love me till the fast away part. No, you promised you would love them. That's right. So we go back to that privilege. Is like, God loves me no matter what. Sometimes you're not going to get it all right. But in those moments, I have the opportunity for the covenant, the vow that's tested in that moment to shine. Wow. You know? <laughs> so, and then the third book, it's called The Return, Reflections on Loving God Back. And, you know, God says in the scriptures, that the number one command, Jesus says, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if we did, I mean, obviously, if we did that, everything else would fall in place. And it's not that you can, just like any relationship, can't go through the motions. We can go through the motions of loving God. And that's better than going through the motions of rebelling against Him, maybe. But it's not intended to be going through the motions, you know. It's mm-hmm. not intended right. to be a list of rules. You know, just like if you get a romance book about your wedding night and you try to write down all the things that they tell. <laughs> You know, it's not going to be nearly what it's intended to be to just be together and and explore what it's like to love each other. Mm-hmm. You know? So the return is just about my own journey of longing to just thank God and love him back. Mm-hmm. I just, you can't ever pay God back for saving you. You know, you, no, can't, you can't. can't ever pay God back for giving you life and teaching you that it's a gift when you were yes. going to throw it away like I was, you know. Right. But when you do, all you want to do with every minute when you recognize what he's done can thank him. The response is worship. That's exactly. And so in the return, I just talked about my own moments of realizing how do I love God back? How do I choose him in this moment? What's my side of the covenant look like? Mm -hmm. You know, my husband compared it to like my kid breaks a window and he's like, yeah, I broke the window, but my dad loves me, forgives me. It's no big deal. Fine. Or if he breaks (laughs) the window and he comes weeping saying, oh, sorry and I love you so much and I wish I had broke that window and I know you forget it but I'm so sorry I never want to do that again you know right we tiptoe around condemnation in modern Christianity American Christianity um, so we don't we don't really emphasize repentance it's such a beautiful thing when you have that moment of just worship in in repentance with God it's like I don't want to go back that way I don't want to I just want to be with you all the time I don't know so that's kind of what the return is about just loving God back. What does it look like when you love God? That was very good. Well, and uh, obviously you can get those on your website or at Amazon. I recommend everybody to read those three books. I, I thoroughly enjoyed those. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. I don't know if you're like this too, but I don't always remember things exactly the way reality, you know, happened. <laughs> 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 so like I think about those books and I'm like, Man, if I had to write those today, I would be writing so many different things, you know? I would, grow. Yeah, and I'm almost like, don't read the books. 
you know? Then I go back and read them and I'm like, this is bad. This is pretty good. You know, it's okay. And I'm constantly praying this prayer. I'm like, God, please, if there's anything in those books that's not good, just take it out. Just erase it. You can do whatever. Just go blot it out. I've got this big blank page on this book and I don't know why. <laughs> a fly leaf. <laughs> yeah. Needed a rim shot right there, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but thank you for reading them because I really am not in a position in this season of my life to teach anything. Uh, I'm learning. But there was apparently three books worth of sharing something that you appreciated somehow. But I was just trying to, like, again, like I said, I was just trying to say yes to mm-hmm. what I felt like God had given me to do the opportunity. And, you know, it's crazy thinking about speaking up for God. And how do I talk about God? I'm just, you know, I mean, even when I wrote those books, I was just barely 30. What do I know? I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. I know what I went through. Exactly. That's what people relate to, though. They're still at step one. I keep getting back to step one. <laughs> That's step. Like you're playing Candyland where you have to slide down that slide. Yes. <laughs> oh, such a good illustration. I always hit that. <laughs> back at the beginning. Yep. Start all over. Well, everybody's laughing at you. <laughs> yeah, because you could have completed the game and then you're back at the beginning. All that gloating you were doing and everything. And then there you are all humbled back at the beginning. There's your fourth book. <laughs> you write it, Cindy. Oh, like you know what you're talking about. No, no, no. No, I could relate though. Backstage with Mothership returns after this. Out Performance Shop is a proud supporter of Solid Rock Radio. They specialize in retail and wholesale of automotive, high-performance, racing, and off-road products. They also carry a variety of accessories from remote control cars to rock and roller multi-carts. On the web at outperformance.com. Check us out on Facebook at I'm with Mothership. I wanted to ask you this, too. Uh, how was the transition in your life? from Flyleaf to motherhood, and then back again to this highly successful solo career you've got right now in the in the music industry. What was that like? Yo-yo? No. Okay. Um, it probably would have felt that way if I was involved with a record label and um, having a lot of people involved that had pushed a bunch of money into us and had to get their money back and had a, a band, you know, that I'm trying to make sure that we're all on the same page and you know, honoring each person's place in life and they're all their things that, that they need to do. This last solo career album was not about any of that. I mean, we got to keep our priorities. Made us maybe less successful, which you have to weigh it out, you know, than we would yeah, have been yeah. otherwise. But also we can look back and feel like, I mean, not everything was, was perfect, but I can look back with peace mm-hmm. um, knowing that I tried my best as far as every slap in the face came, I, I went back and tried to put my priorities in the right order. And I was free to do that because mm-hmm. I didn't have the record label or the band that it was it was on me. You know, mm-hmm. with the band, we all had a say in everything. With Flyleaf, we all had a say. Everything was divided equally financially. All decisions were made. They were supposed to be made equally. Um, a lot of them came down to me because if I don't do it, no one else can which is a lot of pressure mm-hmm. you know, on me. So, and that's what was at the end, you know, at the end of Flyleaf was the hardest decision because I recognized this was, it was going to affect everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was one of the hardest things is recognize. I have to rearrange my priorities. When you get married, you say this part in your vows, it's the traditional vows is forsaking all others 
I mean, that's real. That's part of what covenant is, you know? It's like, at what point does that get tested? We tested tested when, you know, tests with your in-laws, right? Right. <laughs> you know, you have to figure out, I'm not my parents' kid anymore the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm now a wife. Um, it tests with your friends. It tests, what are you saying? I mean, do you believe that? So that came down to, it wasn't just about my marriage. My husband, I want to make this clear, because the opposite came out in the media that Josh was like Yoko or something for Flyleaf. But actually, I was wanting to leave Flyleaf before Memento Mori, and Josh said he didn't think I should, and I listened to him, and the only reason I stayed was because of him. And the mm-hmm. only reason he agreed that I should leave was because he saw as a pregnant person. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally, whatever it is, for women to be pregnant, I don't know, that it was a lot of pressure on me. And he tried to help me to make the best decision for my heart my heart to be a mother and I didn't feel free to make the best decision for my family if I was connected with it I didn't feel free when I laid that down it was horrible and there was a grieving there was a mourning but there was also such a a peace you know a freedom to sort through what it meant for me to be a mom you know because my mom was a musician and I know it was hard on her and she, she didn't know she was really young and she didn't always know how to make the right choice and follow both things. And I didn't know how to do it either, you know. Yeah. And I'd seen a lot of the hard things as a child from my mom being a musician. I didn't know what it was like to be a mother, you know, trying to sort that out. But I didn't want to have to make those choices all the time. Right. So when we went back into it, because we didn't have a label, because we didn't have a band that was besides me and my husband, we were free to make those choices between us. Mm-hmm. And we kept it that way. And it made us a lot smaller than we would have been if we'd have done it the other way. But there was so much peace. Can't put a price tag on that. There is nothing like that. There's mm-hmm. nothing like it. Yeah. And it's a solid album, cover to cover. Live screams. And that's yes. what so great, too, I think, is because we weren't trying to impress anybody. We are just trying to have fun and do things that we loved and that we could stand behind, do you know? Exactly. I know you're working on a new album. Can you, What can you tell us about it? Well, <laughs> with all that stuff I talked about with family and the priorities and the decisions you make and the vows being tested and all that, we're definitely in that position right now doing this okay. album. We had just gotten some shows that we were trying to, to put together um, down in Texas, and we decided not to do them because things were coming together in those where we could honor those priorities. Mm-hmm. And it was really that was a really hard moment because I think sometimes God's best plan is something that we aren't always ready to face. And so, especially when you're working with somebody else and you're both going at your own pace, the mercy that you show each other to be okay with where you're at, even if it's not seemingly the best, is becomes the best. <laughs> Okay. Because the mercy is the mercy that you show and be like, look, you know, even though we could face this and we could grow from it and it would be very painful because we'd have to face a lot of things we haven't faced in ourselves or in our mm-hmm. marriage or with our kids. Um, and it's something that we need to do and eventually. But if it's too painful to have to face those things and we're not ready to face that, then it's OK if we don't do it. That's mercy. Yeah. Time to take a break. And that's mercy. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm learning what mercy is in this in this season. I mean, my kids, I mean, I know I have 100% like, my son just had a birthday party on Saturday. He's 10. <laughs> no way. Yes. <laughs> and like, when you want to give your kids the best birthday ever, but they're like, 
not doing what they need to do. You can't just give them what you want to give them because it just won't make sense. They're not even going to be grateful for it. Like they won't even enjoy it because, you know, it's all parallel. Your kids will teach you exactly what your issues are. (laughs) You are not kidding right there. (laughs) <laughs> they somehow find the worst part of you and emulate it, don't they? <laughs> That's like, yeah, you want to do all this? If you're not grateful, if you're complaining, then you're not going to be satisfied no matter what good you come. You know, yeah. and this is, I see this, the best would be this. But then if we decide that doesn't work out, that's okay. Maybe you're not mm-hmm. ready for it. I'm going to be a little sad because I don't get to give you the thing I wanted to give you. But I'm also going to be with you here at this exactly. hard spot that you're going through. And literally, I'll climb into my son's playpen and sit in timeout with him. And be like, we can sit here if you want. You know, I'm not going to leave you. <laughs> We're going to sit here in this spot. This is our I'm going to sort my heart out spot. So I'm going to sit with you because I know God does that with us. Yeah. And that's OK. And then it becomes a sweet time. And it's not that, you know, we didn't get to eat dessert, you know, but we got something else. <laughs> there you go. Backstage with Mothership returns after this. Al Performance Service Family is a Solid Rock Radio business ministry partner who offers turnkey e-commerce website design, marketing, and converged technology consulting. Online at outperformancemarketing.com. You're listening to Backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio. Uh, you do have a, a single? We just did say to me, Josh would probably answer this quicker than I could. I know we've been working on several songs. There's lots of songs that we've done. That are really great. I love the I love the songs we're doing. I think we have a long way to go. I mean, when okay. he put that, a stay to me, I was like, I didn't realize it was coming out so quick. There were some <laughs> things that I probably would have changed on it. I probably would have put a solo in there. <laughs> I was like, it didn't even have a solo. You want to do that in concert? That would be the extended edition. Thanks for that, Cindy. People don't always recognize. That's the cool thing about concerts. You can change them all. But I yeah. I love it, too. Because, you know, you there's sometimes there are renditions that you can only hear yeah. in concert. That's definitely true for us. Oh, yeah. Your flyleaf medleys. Oh, my gosh. I love doing that. I love doing something that's only for the show. Yes. There's a song called Encounter Me that I really am excited about. There's a cover song that we're doing that I don't know if we're going to figure out. <laughs> We've been or, working on it for a long time, but, yeah, I guess we're just trying to, yeah have a good marriage <laughs> make sure our kids are happy well you've got a lot on your plate i mean having all those boys <laughs> oh my word you know to look back and say 10 years we did good with our time you know we raised a kid he's, there you go. he's cool you know there's stuff we're all working on but i'm just thankful we were talking about concerts it reminded me of remember when you were at the masquerade in atlanta and the electricity went off yeah uh, on the opening act and then everybody uh, came out and held up their cell phones and you sang a few songs a cappella. That's probably one of my favorite concert experiences ever. <laughs> and then while I'm singing, it came back on. Yeah, well, you know, inspired it to come back on. But it was such a wonderful little moment of worship there that you can't capture on an album. That's true. It's so cool. And that happened again. I think that happened another show with Resident Hero where we were touring with them. And I think the electricity went out at the club during a storm, I think. And um, me and Ryan and the guys, Samir and Jared, Pat came out and we did an acoustic set in the dark. I think somebody filmed that and that's you can find that on YouTube. It was a unique, amazing moment. Yeah. 
My one about other shared experiences was how um, you rescued CBJM Loud and Proud Festival by becoming the headliner within like two weeks of the show. I just thought that was so cool how the Lord worked that out and how you felt led and called to do that. And there were so many people's lives that were touched. Because it was so last minute, we were able to do it. Because that's the way we were rolling at the time. Oh, yeah, it worked. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. It's a great experience. It's a great festival and great people. They had been wanting to see you live for many, many years. It was their first chance. So it was just perfect. It was just one of the neatest things. You know, it's funny. I got a German New Testament while I was there, the Gothic Bible. My son, he got Duolingo on our phone. And for some reason, he just loves learning German. And I thought, I should get him a German Bible to see if that would help him. And I remembered I had one. I brought it down. He was so excited. Yeah. Well, you'll have to bring it next time you do Loud and Proud. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. You learn so much more when you're actually there. Yeah. You have to, right? It was a great experience. Yes, it really was. It was wonderful, and we appreciate you. Another quick thing. Uh, of course, I've catered for you guys a couple of times, so I kind of know all this. But when you're on the road, what are your favorite travel snacks? Yours and Josh's, I guess. Well, I really like fresh fruits and vegetables. I like that. It makes me feel better. Those cotton candy grapes are my favorite. <laughs> have you had those? Uh, I think I have, yeah. Real sweet. They're so amazing. <laughs> I love those. And with Josh, um, he likes beef jerky. We all like jalapeno chips. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. The kids, actually, I think they like jalapeno chips, too, now, which is annoying because you think, you know, <laughs> they won't want to eat it. And then you go and they're gone. Like, <laughs> Can I have to start hiding those better? <laughs> Yeah, my youngest, he's obsessed with Cheerios and Frosted Mini Wheats. <laughs> I'm like, no, you can't have another bowl for the fourth time today. All he wants for food. <laughs> well, I guess we have to pick our battles, right? <laughs> yeah, because he'll ask everybody in the house. He'll ask me, and then I don't know, Josh has already given some. And then he'll ask somebody else. He'll just keep asking people. He'll ask his brother, can I have some? He'll have four or five bowls of cereal, and nobody knows that that he already got all. I'm like, what the heck? Clever, clever. (laughs) Are y'all going to do any sort of tour? What happened is we don't have a vehicle right now to tour with. And so renting a bus is so expensive. That in order for us to do that, even we have to have so many shows that, you know, it'd have to be a long thing. And so we're looking into getting a vehicle and getting like a business loan, particularly for the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, So once we get that sorted out, I mean, I guess we could do a GoFundMe or a crowd kind of funded thing for a vehicle. Um, But I just don't feel like we're supposed to be doing that right now. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So we're just trying to sort out what that means. I mean, maybe that'll change. But for now, I just feel like we need to just sort out how to travel comfortably with our family in a secure way where we can tour. And for those of you that don't know, she takes the kids along with her. It's wonderful. It's always good to see them running up and down the ramps. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It to, is. Yeah, it's fun to be with your family on the road. We actually do way better with homeschool and everything when we're on the road. You, you know. can't escape, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I guess, the vehicle situation is one thing that we can pray for. Uh, what else can we pray for you? You know, the church is in a weird spot right now. I've heard this prayer prayed in so many circles, but praying that God would shake everything that can be shaken so what can't be shaken remains. Mm-hmm. I really don't know that we know what we're praying. <laughs> but that's happened. I have a unique experience with church because shortly after I became a Christian, I began to tour 
And I never really had a church home like most people. And I was really discipled by the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned and the the Holy Spirit just blessed me with grace to learn from the scripture. Mm -hmm. I love learning that way and heard his voice that way. And God brought a particular pastor and his wife into our life, Eric and Sarah Patrick, which helped me in a lot of ways as well discipled me, especially when Josh and I were dating. And I think as far as church goes and, and, you know, working with Franklin Graham and seeing all these different denominations that are so genuine and love the Lord, and they're so beautiful, just beautiful. And there's ugly stuff in every denomination. There's something ugly in in every church. And there's something so beautiful and pure as well. And so I think what God's doing with us I think he's positioning us in our house, just me and Josh, the road that each one of us is on separately. It's it feels like it's going in two different directions, but it feels also like it's it's um, bringing light to how all of it is God's design. Mm -hmm. Even when it looks like you're going in two directions, it's actually important that you do that. (laughs) Yeah, I read uh, Principles of Spiritual Growth by Miles Stanford. And one of the first things he says in this book that has stuck with me is it's like a tree. Like sometimes the tree is green and it's growing really fast, and mm-hmm. then, but it has to stop at some point and harden mm-hmm. before it can go to the next stage. And it grows very slow during that stage. And it's sort of like that in our spiritual lives. And sometimes our spouse and us are in a different stage. One of us might be hardening. The other one might be green growing. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I uh, I think about it sometimes when I think, hey, we're not on the same page. It's just that we're in different parts of growth, you know, and there's nothing wrong with either one of them, you know. That's what's so beautiful about this with us in our marriage is that we both are so supportive of the other one. Like I'm like, you are more alive than I've ever seen you in in your spiritual life. And you're full of joy and you're covering our family like I've never seen. It's awesome. But it, the way that he's pursuing God, the road that he's doing it through is something that I can tell really strongly doesn't produce the same thing in me. <laughs> it does the opposite. And when I go the way that makes me alive, I can see him wilt, you yeah. know, and so I don't want him to wilt and at all. And so I can 100 percent go, go for it, you know, baby, go, mm-hmm. you know, go with, you know, I know that's the Holy Spirit. I know it's God. But if I go, I can't, I can't go with you in that direction right now. I can support you and I can stand by you, but that's not the way I'm going to be able to connect with God. And that's okay. And he's like, I understand. And I love it when you're alive. And I love it when you go in that direction. And so we have completely different prayer life and I find his life beautiful. I can sit with him and be in awe of it and, and praise God for it. But if I were to put myself in that position, and it's amazing because what it shows me about the bride of Christ is that all the time, not to judge where God has somebody, you know, you know, religious thing. We have our own religious things we do. Right. We don't even <laughs> we, realize it. We don't realize. So anyway, the prayer for us is really that I feel like what God's doing is teaching us about unity in the bride. And he's doing it in a microcosm of our family. But he's also put us in a weird position where we know people from every... I can't think of one denomination we've not connected with in some way in a real... Like we know somebody really close to us that's in Mm -hmm. a particular denomination that we've been family with for a season, you know? And so anyway, I feel like there's something to this journey is like just praying that we would continue to to continue in unity, you know, and seeing what God would have us do as a as a voice in the world or in the Christian world, I don't know, of unity in the bride, you know, and reconciliation of God's family is really what it is. 
Is there anything I missed that you wanted to share? One more thing about writing. Um, you said something about it as a joke. Look, maybe that's your next book. Well, I feel like there's a lot of things I need to sort out. Uh, having gone through uh, a death, mm-hmm. somebody that was really close to me that I am still sorting out what God's teaching me. In it, and it really has to do with the fact that people are worth loving, no matter the choices that they make. There's such a fearlessness in me to love after this experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really want to explore that and understand it and better in light of this death. And I want to share it because it, you can go two directions when you lose somebody. You, you can close everything up and not love because it's painful. Mm-hmm. Or you can know the depth of the pain and say it was worth it and I'm going to do it again. The worst thing that could happen did happen. And here we are. Another mm-hmm. opportunity to love. Let's just keep going. So yeah. pray yeah. like another book would be great. And I, I really would like time and space and priorities in order to be able to do that. It's so hard for Josh when I write a book. It's just funny. It was a warfare, of course. But Yeah. Well, I want to thank you again for spending time with me and letting me um, talk with you about some stuff. No, mothership. Thank you so much, Cindy. You know, I love what you do. It's really cool. I'm so glad you have this because you need it. You need to have a radio show. Look at all the people you know. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, God opens doors and I keep stumbling through them. Just, you know how that is. Yes. I was like, I don't know how to do this. And, you know, God just says, just do it. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you can do all things through Christ. Amen. That is true. It's the truth. That's it is like, the truth. And it also is a good excuse for me to talk to all my friends. It, it is. His way is so fun. <laughs> it is. It, it brings out the things we love the most. And it's yeah. the most successful. Like, it's awesome. I'm so proud of you. Yes. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> and be sure to give Josh and the kids a hug for me. And okay. love you. Love you, too. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening tonight. Stay tuned for more great music all night long. Be sure to check out my I'm With Mothership Facebook page and Solid Rock Radio's website. Follow the link under Shows to Backstage with Mothership, which will have the links to my guests' social media accounts. This show will be replayed at 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Past interviews available on podcast.solidrockradio.org, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Pandora platforms. And remember this week, be kind to one another.